This week's episode is brought to you in partnership with Zero Procure. Zero Procure takes the time to understand your business, whether in hospitality or any other industry, and do all the heavy lifting when it comes to procurement. I'm delighted that their support will keep this show accessible and free to listen to wherever you access your podcasts. Please get in touch with them for a chat. Just click on the link in the show notes or visit their site at zeroprocure.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Claire Johnson, early careers lead at contract catering legends Sodexo. Coming up on today's show... Claire gives Phil a pep talk. We all think you're brilliant. Have confidence in yourself. Phil goes into uncharted territory. And actually, I'm going to tell a little story that I've never told anyone. And Claire describes Phil's perfect night out. People are eating a roast dinner one minute and then you're up there dancing to dream girls. All that and so much more as we chat through Claire's brilliant story and journey so far. Claire is such a wonderful beacon of joy and positive energy and she brings that effortlessly into our chat. As such, it's difficult not to leave her presence feeling just that little bit better about the world. Hospitality is very lucky to have her and a huge thank you to her for bringing the passion. We're here each week telling the stories of the amazing people within hospitality so please don't forget to give us a like, share and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening. It really does make a huge difference. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today we're moving into the world of contract catering and food services and within that training and development. So I'm just going to get stuck straight into this today and welcome the absolutely fabulous bundle of positive energy that is Claire Johnson. Welcome to the show. That is a great description. Thank you very much. (laughs) I've never had an intro. (laughs) Do you feel the pressure now? Absolutely. And also because we, I know we spoke briefly that Em was on the podcast the other week here I work with. Yeah. Trying to top M's podcast is going to be difficult, but I will give it a good go. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, because uh, you both work for Sodexo, right, in various different capacities. So, is it a thing then that you've got to be this energetic, positive beacon for, for the industry to join that company? I, do you know what? I think Sodexo, it, we're the biggest kept secret. So, you know, we do so much within the industry, but actually a lot of people don't know who we are. So when you get right. to know the people within it, it is sometimes, a, I guess, a bit of surprise how how energetic people are and how how much passion there is for hospitality just within our company. So, yeah, I mean, um, um, Emmeline's definitely one of those people on a Friday afternoon who you you want to speak to or if you're having one of those days where you're thinking oh I just just need to get through it she she is the person to speak to because yeah. she will definitely have you you know pull up your socks and get on with it <laughs> yeah I mean she she definitely in our chat I felt she's one of these people that that uh, gives energy like you know that are takers and givers of energy it, she is definitely a giver of energy yeah, I'm very, very lucky to work with her and a lot of my role. So I um, manage early careers at Sodexo, which is quite a new role to the company. And I know I'm sure everyone says it, but I have the best job in the world. <laughs> I get to get young people into our industry. Um, and a big focus for us is getting people from all different backgrounds. I mean, that was probably one of the things that made me love the industry so much that there were people from all walks of life, all different backgrounds, 
So M is that sort of person when you've got a young person in front of you who doesn't know about our industry or hasn't experienced it. I can guarantee after a conversation with Emmeline, they're going to walk away and want to be a chef. I want to be a chef when I speak to Em and I have absolutely no culinary skill, but she makes me believe that I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a chef, actually, when we when we had our chat. She's, uh, yeah, she's uh, we've got to look after people like her for sure. Uh, and I think, yeah, she's a, she's awesome. Anyway, this is not about her. This is about you. How are you? Anyway, because we've been trying to do this for quite a long time. I know it's been a bit of a whirlwind year, to be honest. So I moved from Suffolk in September over to Gloucestershire, moved in with my partner. We then moved into our new house, which we're currently renovating. So yeah, it's been a bit of a building site. <laughs> and every time we go to speak, Phil, they have builders here. There's builders unexpectedly turn up. So we've yeah. got a nice peaceful Sunday now, which is Beautiful. delightful. Yes. Depends and, on any dog barking, but I think we'll be okay. No, indeed. And I'm I'm like that as well as mine, but I, th- I think she's she'll be fine. So you're recording from home today, which is now Gloucestershire. It is. So I live in Lydney, which is on the um, Welsh border, which is absolutely lovely, lovely part of the world. And yeah, it's, it's bizarre because we're starting to get out and about a bit more. So this week we're off to Ascot um, for Royal, which is super exciting. It's my first right. one with Sodexo. But yeah, we've got our little home office set up. That was the priority when we moved in. Myself and my other half both work from home. Um, right. So it's nice to have somewhere to Piece. it's almost a kind of normal part of life now isn't it like it's it's going to be if you had a three-bedroom house one of those bedrooms is now going to be an office if it wasn't before yeah absolutely and lockdown was a bit crazy in our house so my other half is a chef um who was teaching um culinary zoom classes right during lockdown as well so we were trying to keep the dogs out of those as well which didn't go as successfully but it was a a weird time if you had have said to someone three years ago, I'm going to get 15 people on a Zoom call to, you know, make a three course dinner. You would absolutely yeah. think that person's out of their mind, but it it worked. It's incredible, um, isn't it? How things change. And I think there's a lot more. So for me, I feel like I engage with people who I maybe wouldn't have previously because of the way we work now. So it's it's much easier to just say, you know, let's let's get. 15 minutes together and you get to meet them essentially rather than just an email or a call so I actually think it's benefited us and especially a big company like Sodexo what there's over 30,000 of us in the UK so yeah crikey yeah well we'll get on to that in in a moment well I'm really intrigued to learn what it is that your your role does because it's not a role I've come across personally so um, hopefully that will give people some insight into just another thing that you can do in this industry but obviously before all of that let's take us back how did you get into the industry in the first place because I'm detecting that you didn't originate from Gloucestershire or Suffolk correct and I, I was about to do a terrible Gloucestershire impression but I'll not do that yeah if you're <laughs> out of the country um <laughs> but yeah so born in Belfast um where hospitality is in our blood you know I I'm constantly, even now, 
if I've got people coming to visit, they're like, why are you putting on so much food? Why so many drinks? It's just what we do. We love getting together. So very much my family were that way orientated, you know, big family get togethers, loads of food, loads of drinks, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. a, that's a Celtic thing, isn't it, really? Yeah, that's that's a, a sort of part of it. It's a, It's an unwritten, but loved it and got into a bit of singing in school. I loved anything theatre or, you know, entertainment based. So when I was 18, there was a job that came up in the Grand Opera House in Belfast. So beautiful listed building, Frank Matcham Theatre. It was the absolute dream. Um, and I was very lucky that I got to perform there with a bit right. of a, an amateur dramatics group. Um, so clearly I thought my only career was going to be, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be on the West End stage. Obviously. Um, obviously there was nothing else for it <laughs> but <laughs> took my first job there working within hospitality and absolutely loved it I was obsessed it was my life so my friends were from work you know when I had free time we went to see the shows at work and it was so diverse so when I say hospitality you know people just automatically think food service and you know sort of chefs that was a completely different tangent to what hospitality is. So stage door, the best job in the theatre. You get to see all of the gossip. You get to see the celebrities coming through. It was amazing. But we we had a great setup. So we had our own restaurant there with lots of good Irish produce. We had the bars, obviously, a massive part of it that overlooked um, Great Victoria Street in Belfast. And we had a renovation, sort of my first year there, which was a big thing because it was one of our main venues. And suddenly we had this whole modern attachment to it with restaurants and different bars, Um, but phenomenal. And I worked there for my first few years, went to go off to university because that's what you're told to do when you're like, you know, 19, 20. That's a very good point. Yeah, I felt a bit of a letdown if I didn't do it, to be honest. So I decided that I would go and do communications and marketing. Moved to Manchester, told my mum and dad, this is brilliant. I absolutely love it. Best decision ever. And then I came home at Christmas and said, I don't want to go back. I miss home. Oh, really? (laughs) Wow. Right. Yeah, it, it absolutely was not for me. I wasn't, I think I missed not working and seeing people it was very bizarre so no you see that's that's actually a damn good point because I, I think um and I've, I've listened to lots of other podcasts not just within the hospitality realm and a lot is in at the moment the big discussion is around sending people to university and especially these days back in my day we used to get student grants and things like that so it was much easier to do uh, you and fees were all paid by by government but now if you want to go to university you've got to put yourself into quite a lot of debt before you even consider working so one there's that but two there's also if you just don't engage with academia or whatever you shouldn't push yourself into that right I mean if you've just learned something about yourself at quite a young age actually you just want to be in it you want to get stuck in and get going yeah and all my friends were doing it so I just assumed 
that's what I have to do or else I'm not going to have a good job or I'm going to really struggle. I genuinely thought I would struggle in life if I didn't go and do it. And I guess I really enjoyed the hospitality part of university as in going out for student night. I was very good at that (laughs) element of student life and, you know, did okay with the work, but absolutely just was not my bag and massively missed home and, you know, only child from Ireland, used to family around her all the time. And then suddenly you're in England on your own. It was very, very scary. So I feel like I took a bit of a knock to my pride because I was very much, you know, very proud of getting to go to university. And my mum did the Irish mum thing of, are Claire's going to university <laughs> in the mainland? <laughs> no, and that was on the news. That, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the local news, the local paper that Claire went to university. Um, so I had a bit, big lump in my throat when I came back and said, I actually don't think this is for me. Um, and I was very lucky. I, I got grants um, to go and student loans because of our circumstance. But absolutely, it was not for me. I wasn't going to waste another three years doing it. Yeah. How did they take that? I think... They were secretly happy because I think they, as much as they would never have admitted it, missed me a bit too. Um, (laughs) But I think I was very, um, there was no judgment, you know, from them. But they were very adamant that if I came back, I need to do something. So I need to, you know, get a job, get my head down. Because basically, Ellen McCrory was not going to have me living in her house for free. So I had to go out and get a job and um, so I went straight back to the theatre and it was like going back to my family and um, right. they took took me in you know we knew it wasn't for you but we didn't want to say anything we knew you'd be back um, and I was so happy to be back in all honesty so I worked my way up there so I worked a bit in the box office and um, did a bit with hospitality bit of customer service as well and absolutely loved it so it, it went straight back it was as if I'd never left and, you know, really got some great opportunities there. So got promoted to the box office coordinator, which was the first time ever having some responsibility. Um, and it was very early 20s and managing, you know, women who have been there for maybe 35, 40 years. Yeah. Um, and, and this. How did that go? Not great. Um <laughs> And I will quote, I will quote verbatim, if my son ever came home with you, I think, oh, dear God, no. <laughs> oh, my life. Yeah. That's so, a bit harsh. Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm not very good at this job and they don't like me and this and that. And it was a, it took a while. It took a while to find my feet with it. But one thing they could never deny is I loved that theatre. If you had have cut me open, it was the Grand Opera House within it. Right. And there was a front of house manager position came up. Um, and this is actually why I went to university in the first place. So role came up. I thought, this is me. No one knows the theatre better than me. No one knows our customers. And had a bit of a, you know, yeah, you apply for it. We're, we're expecting your application. I couldn't wait. Right. And then actually they hired someone who had a degree. And that was what made me go, oh, that's why she got it over me. It couldn't possibly be that she was more skilled. It just was the degree. But I think that's been a real bone of contention for me as I've got older. So for young people now, I hate when they say to me, oh, well, you need to go to uni. I need to do this. I need to have this GCSE. 
No, you need to have a great work ethic and you need to have a passion for what you do. And I think as an industry, we think we've got that message across to young people and we absolutely have not because they still think it. So at an event the other week, I had a young person say to me, do you think I could work for a company like Sodexo? And my mind was absolutely blown because I thought, of course you can. Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah. But they, if, he, if you go and get a degree, yeah. <laughs> if you get a degree, you can come. If not, absolutely not. But this, this was for a chef's role. And I, it was heartbreaking to think that he, he wouldn't think that he'd be welcomed in. So for me, that's a big part of the message and to young people. And, you know, doing graduate events and everything are, you know, brilliant. But you need to speak to young people from 13, 14 about what the industry is, because... There are mums and dads out there. There are teachers. There are there are tutors saying, "God, don't get into hospitality. You'll yeah. never have a weekend. You'll never have an evening. There's no career progression." When actually, there's people who, again, I pitted myself against when I was eighteen, nineteen, thinking, "You're you're far further than me. You're going to uni. You're doing this. You're doing that." I'm still working in the theatre, and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. Actually, in the long run, I've got a fantastic job. I've, I have a life that I never in a million years thought I would be able to achieve, and it's just been working through hospitality and different parts of it. And I think it's been my safety net because wherever I go, I can, I'm, I will always be able to work in hospitality. Yeah, you know. that's such a, a wonderful thing you just said, though, around about the fact that you, you know, it, it, it's kind of afforded you so much, right? And this perception that we have, or not we that work in the industry, but the perception of the world of ho- what hospitality is, ex- exactly what you just said there about the fact that be prepared to lose your life effectively, you know, that you won't have a, a life out of work and la 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 and all of that sort of thing. And this is the the thing that really kind of does my head in around that whole thing is that this like it's in isolation it's the only industry where at the entry level in some instances you have to work your socks off to get to the next level mm-hmm. every industry if you want to get ahead has that element attached to it like if you if you really want to accelerate your career you cannot be afraid of hard work uh, and hard work doesn't mean necessarily long hours it means in these moments where you find out find you're out of your comfort zone it's about pushing through and learning how to make that part of your comfort zone and all of these sorts of things and that's that's the 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 message for me that we need to get much much better at is just telling the world that actually you know what working hard is not a bad thing but you know by the same token we've got to um just tell people that once you've broken through these barriers this industry is just amazing yeah and you learn all of these skills that aren't necessarily pulling pints or making cocktails so I've been thrown on the bar before had no idea what I was doing but I'd like to say that my people skills got me through that when they were bringing things back I could go oh it's fine like they they we had that great communication that you only get in hospitality where they they would absolutely have excused that because I think I was very honest with them. Oh, this is my first night. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Yeah. And it was great to see because I was terrified on like, you know, 
from here, absolutely fine. Underneath my hands were shaking. I was like, yeah. that's one going below. But, you know, I, I picked that up. And when I first moved to England, um, I took a job with Warner Leisure. And right. again, yeah. that was one of those all-encompassing, that was my life. So it was a lovely coastal village in Suffolk. And that was another whole facet to hospitality that I didn't know. So I actually worked in the entertainment team there. But again, loads of crossover with the bar, with the, you know, the the catering side. And oh my goodness, they worked just as hard as we did. It was it was unbelievable. And it was the most surreal experience. So people are eating a roast dinner one minute and then you're up there dancing to dream girls two minutes after, <laughs> you know, giving them a Motown show. Um, but it was great. So that was a different type of hospitality where you really got to know your customers because they they were often there a few times a year. They would be there maybe for the stint of a week. And on Christmas morning, we spent that Christmas morning with them. And that was my first one, I guess, where it really hit home that I was actually changing people's lives just through being in hospitality because those people treated us like family, you know, that day. And they they spent they spent their own hard-earned money to come and stay with us for that week. Yeah. So it was actually a real privilege, you know. I think you've got two ways of looking at it. You can say oh, I've not got Christmas morning and I don't get to do this. Or I've made someone's Christmas morning by being there and spending it with them. Yeah. So that was a big turning point for me. And and that's about you controlling your own reaction to something, right? Because I think I, I, I definitely was guilty of that on more than one occasion in my early career of going, oh, God, I've got like the, the Christmas Eve shift or something like that. And okay, I was getting double time and that's great. But then... The moment that you kind of realize, stop looking for the problem in something and actually start looking for the fun. I mean, it was such a subtle mind shift change. It's kind of got its roots in those who believe they can and those who believe they can't are both right. You know, if you believe that you're going to go to a shift and have a crap shift, then you're probably going to have a crap shift. Yeah. Equally, if you if you go there with the intention to make somebody's day, whether that's a colleague or a guest or whatever, you know, you'll end up having a cracking day yourself um, as well. And it's such a, you know, we can control that ourselves. We don't have to let the the world, you know, imprint on us uh, all the time. God, I'm ranting today, aren't I? I'm not going to do a podcast <laughs> on a Sunday again. Jeez. We, we very deep very quickly, but yeah, yeah no, it, was, it was a great job. It was tough, you know, lots of split shifts and, you know, you would find me sort of just sleeping on some chairs bunched together out the back often um but it was great it was absolutely it was so fun as well like where else would you get all of these other people your age in one place where you're all sort of doing the same thing mm. um and I think it was that was a big learning curve for me in working out well, where do I sit within the the grand scheme of all these people who work here so I'm really privileged within Sodexo that I run our, um, well, I co-chair our Generations Council with a fantastic lady called Nicola. And the whole focus on that is young people within the industry, older people within the industry, people in the middle of their career that might have, you know, they might be caring for their own parents, but they have their own kids and they're also working full time. And it's a big part of that seek first to understand so when I worked at Warner, you know, initially I was thinking, well, 
why why is this woman on the bar shouting at me for doing x y and z because you know I, I just didn't get it actually if I had to step back and looked at it she ran that bar so successfully for 20 years before I even you know moseyed on to the site to do anything of course she knows better than me and I just needed to shut up for five minutes and listen to her to actually understand what she was trying to get at yeah. um, and it's something that never will go away so we're really big on trying to make people understand that you know what some people their kids might have grown up left home maybe they don't have their partner there anymore and work is their main focus so that is why they are super picky about the coffee machine that is why they're so invested in the customers getting exactly what they want because that is a big focus in their life just because you've came in and you're 18 and your main priority is going out at the weekend and maybe just getting a bit of money before you work out what you want to do you need to understand where that other person's coming from and vice versa so I think that's maybe something in our industry that we either do amazingly well quite terrible there's there doesn't need to be a middle ground but it's the one place you'll get people from 16 to you know i think our um oldest hour last year was sort of late 70s what right. an amazing industry that's, that's so great cool. yeah totally totally and that's you know the we can totally win by just having that mindset because you know we, we all talk very very openly about the uh the staffing crisis that's happening in front of our eyes but the the solutions to this are right in front of our eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. And part of that is is obviously around attracting more people in, but it's also about getting the message right to do that. But then it's also about making sure that we look after them and listen with respect when they do come in. Um, sure. And that you know, hiring somebody who's age seventy seven, you must have done exactly that, right? What what is it that you need in your life right now? And a lot of the time, and this is incredibly presumptuous of me to say so but at that time of life because I have parents who are that age as well they just they seek somewhere to be and to converse with people and to feel a part of something and that you know hospitality can totally give them that completely and the other end of the spectrum as well with young people makes me laugh because companies need to just stop thinking they're you're going to have loads of 16 and 17 year olds rock up looking for a job that's absolutely not going to happen mm. so you need to go to them so we've been super lucky and I know that Em spoke about it with the Raymond Blanc program where we're taking on six chefs six apprentices and they're not going to be forthcoming so we did some events in London and it was to really get those schools in who maybe wouldn't have had that opportunity otherwise. So it was a classroom of 16-year-olds and I am more nervous presenting to them sometimes than a board of directors because they will tell you, you know, miss, I don't like your dress. I don't... <laughs> You've got stupid hair. <laughs> but I would like to say that I always tend to find something with them that that lets us have a good day but we um did an event in partnership with hit training where we cooked bow buns for the day so it was a food tech class so they've done it in school let's take you out of school different environment and let's put a real tangible job right here where we're not going to pay you the apprenticeship wage we're going to pay you more where you're going to get to do some work experience at a michelin star establishment mind-blowing at that age do you know what I was so shocked we had one of the tutors say 
their julienne cuts are better than some chefs I've had in here for five years. Wow. The skill level of them and, you know, shouting at each other for the place not being clean. I couldn't believe it. There was one girl who we've subsequently offered to, which is amazing, but she had everyone cleaning up. She was getting them organized. And I thought the skill level you have here at 16 is mega. Yeah. And the interviews, we, we've had one where basically the interview panel were all trying not to cry because this young man articulated why he wanted to be a chef better than I've heard anyone do before. You know, he, he came out with the phrase, well, food's love, like food is love in my house. That's who, we cook for each other. And I think I can do that for other people to make make their day. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, that's such a powerful place to start, right? In yeah. terms of like, if that's the connection to your heart uh, around why you want to do something. Oh, what a yeah. That's and do you know what? That totally makes a mockery as well of the. You know how we love in business to pigeonhole people into generations: Gen Z, Gen X, Millennials, so on and so forth. And as a result of that people talk to people in a certain way because the expectation is, oh, well, you're a Gen Z, so, you know, you don't care or whatever like that. But I can absolutely guarantee you that the generational divide has been happening since time began. And we are no better at it now than 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. So let's focus on being better at that because actually, and this comes back to your point earlier on around the fact that if you talk about just you know, taking a step back and treating somebody with respect in terms of, Yes, I have a perception of what you might want, but actually if I just stop and listen to you for a second, maybe I'll learn more about what you need rather than me just making the assumption that you need this because you happen to be 19 years old and you yeah. fit into a certain category. Yeah, we're solving problems today, Claire. <laughs> we're, we're putting the world to right. But it, <laughs> hospitality brings out that part in people and you see a different side of people so I had a great stint working at HIT training which um obviously leading hospitality apprenticeship company yeah and I account managed Sodexo so came full circle ah. with them yeah yeah so I went to the first um salon culinaire and my nerves were wrecked because for a start, it felt like there was 47 forks on the table and I didn't know which one I should be using. And, you know, I've never heard of a Sunday to chef. What is this? What is happening? I'm not aware. Mm. And the apprenticeship manager for Sodexa was there and she was quite new to me. And again, in turn, is now my current manager. So everything came full circle. But, you know, really trying to impress her was super, you know, scared of getting anything yeah. wrong. And she was such a, you know, she drives a hard bargain, but she knows what she's doing. She's a brilliant lady to work with. And there was a, a waitress at our table who was petrified. She was shaken. And I watched her take her to the side and sort of say, you're doing an amazing job tonight. You've absolutely nothing to be nervous about. We all think you're brilliant. Have confidence in yourself. And it was the most unexpected interaction that I, I, I just wasn't expecting it at all. And that let me see so much more about about Sue, who, my manager, yeah. than than I ever could have got on an email or a phone call or 
you know, I, I, and from that day, I've seen her pull up loads of people <laughs> where she's went, don't speak to your staff like that in front of people and do this because yeah. she, she's been an operator. She loves the industry. She loves getting young people into it. So she's, she's definitely, you know, Justice League. She makes sure people are looked after. And that's like that. something, yeah. yeah, that's something I've taken from her as well, because when we're out, you know, in normal life, I always make a point of speaking to our serving staff and telling them how amazing they've been. Or, you know, obviously there's the the front of house, back of house divide in our house, having the chef and me. But we both love the industry and love talking to young people wherever they're from. We've had some amazing experiences just hearing about people and what their plans are. So, you know, that it's such an amazing thing to see. And that's, Young people also need to step back and say, you know, older people aren't always out to get me. They might be there to develop me. And that's something for me now. You know, sometimes I'll be, you know, doing a meeting or doing whatever, putting a plan together. And it feels like, you know, you get told this is wrong. You haven't done that right. You haven't done this. But I have never had so much development than I've had in the past six months at Sodexo. I'm a different person six months on because it's a completely different kettle of fish you know it's massive it's you know we, you're doing royal ascot one minute and then there's a hospital catering plan the next it's what a way to see the industry as a whole um mm. and actually we, we spoke about how university wasn't for me i have decided to do my degree now so i'm in going wow, into my third not, year right? Yeah, and also, you know, big fan of apprenticeships, obviously, because it's what I do, but doing it through the apprenticeship levy, having it funded for me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, sometimes it's not a no-brainer when you've left all of the coursework to the last weekend, which is what I always do. It was exactly the same. I I, almost felt like I needed that pressure to excel and some, I used to surprise myself with some of the stuff that I'd come out with. And I would used to annoy all of my mates that I'd inevitably get an A or a B or some a, a pretty good mark, having just left it to the last minute. And these people, poor people, had put two months of effort in. And actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a little story that I've never told anyone before. We're getting the gossip. This, yeah. And actually, I might have people who might alienate themselves from me because I'll because of what I'm about to say, but I um back in the, the early days, once I'd got my degree, I, the first major job that I had uh, out of university was uh, with P&O Cruises. And you know that question that you get asked, and I don't know if people still ask this question, I hate it, what are your weaknesses? I, 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 I was 20 years old when I was at the interview, I didn't really have much interview experience, and I always said to them, which is a complete lie, I've never been academically brilliant I've always had to work hard for my grades right oh you liar I know and um, if anybody from PO is listening I'm sorry but I turned out to be a pretty good employee so hopefully you're not gonna lambast me that that bad I stayed with them for five and a half years so and got promoted multiple times in that time so I obviously wasn't that bad but uh yeah I it's I don't even know what my point around this is we're yeah who cares I think it's <laughs> originally we spoke about me going to the uni and doing it now but yeah you do have some people do 
fantastically well with time management. I am not one of those people. Now, if any of our apprentices from Sodexo are listening, do not take my advice. Work hard the whole way through. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Leaving it to the last minute. Um, but actually, probably the main point around that is that the that everybody's brain works differently, right? And uh, for me, I needed that pressure in, a, in order to focus fully. I know that the way that I work, if, if I've got three months to complete an assignment and I start it on day one, you know, with 90 days to complete it, that my mind will wander and I'll go over there and I'll, you know, and I'll think about, oh, okay. But if I've got something that says to me, you've got to get this done in the next 24 to 48 hours, I'm, you know, I'm fully focused. And I have tried to break that cycle in the past. And it's obviously just part of me. So you just yeah. accept then that that's part of you. And if that's the way you operate, make sure that you're operating to that that way, if, if that's what gets the best out of you. And I have to say, we get these assignments on, you know, project management and finance and this and that. And I, I think to an outsider, Sodexo could seem so corporate, so, you know, businessy and, you know, maybe doesn't have that family element. You couldn't be more wrong. So when I'm doing my assignments, you know, I've, I will tap up our financial director and say, hey, can you give me a hand? Because this makes no sense to my little brain and not one person has ever said no they've right. always helped me doesn't matter whether it's one of our senior project managers finance hr whoever they will always give me a hand with it and that's i think going to be my journey over the next couple of years to you know let young people see what a career at sodexo could be you know, you, you can you can move countries, look how many countries we're in, you can yeah. change industry. We've had we've had chefs start with us who have ended up the financial director of a segment. And we right. retrain them because that's what they wanted to do. Where else are you going to be able to do that? Um yeah. so yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind of six months, but you know, we've had I've just got to meet so many amazing young people. And that's, you know, getting young people involved is half the battle. It's about making sure you look after them and understand them because they're, you know, I think some people almost make them sound like they're aliens. Oh, a 16 year old. Can I hire them? Could they use a knife? Yes, of course they can. Like they're, they're completely capable. You just need to give them that extra bit of support. Yeah. And there's the passion alone from from the young people we've had through the interview has been phenomenal. Well, that's amazing to hear. It's wonderful to hear. And uh, and you need to shout about that loudly. Completely. And that's, you know, I'm very lucky to be part of the, the Institute of Hospitality's Youth Council as well. And that's maybe that next step on in career where people are, you know, having their first management position or, you know, really just starting to find out what they want to do. And likewise, from that, the passion for our industry, if if that group of people are going to be our next set of GMs and, you know, chefs, then we just need more of them. <laughs> yeah, no, indeed. Absolutely. Um, I'm very, very conscious that we've kind of your career story has not been we've not done a straight line here. We've kind of done a little bit of that and a little bit of that. Are we missing any gold from your career so far in terms of because actually one of the roles I, I wrote down just because of the job title, I thought it was a cracking job title, was national relationship manager. 
managing the nation's relationships. Completely. You need to get me into Parliament and then I'll manage all of those relationships, (laughs) (laughs) which is probably easier than trying to run apprenticeships sometimes. But no, that was amazing. I met some characters in the industry. So, you know, worked with Yo Sushi um, on their apprenticeship scheme, met an amazing whirlwind of a man called Dan, who he and I hope he forgives me for saying this. He's a bit weird. He's a bit strange. And I thought, (laughs) I'm a bit weird. I'm a bit strange. I like you. I can be you. And he had this great role, very similar to what I do now. And he was so unapologetically himself. He wore horrendously um, Hawaiian print shirts to business meetings. Oh, he, I like him. Oh, you should get him on here. He is phenomenal. And he started off as an operator as well, managed one of their sites. And the whole team there were just so open to everything you know got to work across loads of amazing clients though you know and it was all different parts of the industry and really getting them to understand the importance of learning and development and apprenticeships within their business and likewise on the hit side of things you know got to learn from some of the industry's greats I mean there's Jill Whitaker who's just been announced her um her OBE you know legend Amazing. I've got to work with her, you know, just people who are experts in their field. And, uh, you know, that what a, a great way. And we say about family and industry. I've met my now fiance from working at HIT, you know, and that's been that does show that it's family. You know, it's I still get to work with them in my job now. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, I've worked in employability, getting people into jobs apprenticeships recruitment and it feels like the role now is a a really lovely mix of all of those things you know it's a bit of recruitment it's a bit of L&D it's a bit of back to floor it's everything so it's it's I think I've had the most crazy career at the age of 33 you know I've done so many different things and I think it was a really good point that you said your career's been this this and this because it's not followed a line it's not been you know I start off doing finance and then I was an accounts assistant and then I hit hospitality doesn't have to be like that I have bounced about and that's been the best thing for me now I've actually been able to settle to go this is it this is the calling which is amazing I've got to do that in any other industry and I think that that's the wonderful thing, though, isn't it, as well? Because you can have that linear career as well if you want it. Like, it's it's easily there, but you can, as you quite rightly put, I mean, you've, you've worked in multiple little sectors within the sector. And it's, if it takes you 10 years, it takes you 20 years, 30 years to find that thing, as long as you're still feeling a connection to what you're doing, then, you know, it doesn't really matter how long it takes, does it? We, we don't need to be in a hurry to get to the end goal it can be a really interesting journey if you just let yourself move off to the left and the right and the up and the down a little bit. And some of us are just hospitality people. I did a very small stint um, in a state agency in the middle because I thought I'm I'm going to do this. This is this is a real job. I'm going to blow. I just didn't. I missed people and I missed yeah. working with people and I missed that team and I missed the rush of like, we need to make this happen. And, you know, we need to recruit that many people or we need to feed that many people. It wasn't there for me. So yeah. I had a great time and picked up some skills, but 
hospitality is not going to get rid of me anytime soon. I think I'll be wow. here until till I stop. That is music to my ears. You're um, you're absolutely a shining light for for this industry. I'm not letting you off the hook yet. Before we go, I am conscious of time a little bit, but there's a a couple of questions I want to ask you before I let you go. One stories. I always like to ask people if they've got any funny stories from their career so far that they can share. Oh, that's the trouble. Can I? <laughs> can I share it? No, I, there's not been any in, you know, in particular that sort of stick out for me that have been, you know, traumatic or hilarious. Um, I think it's just been the whole journey of it. You know, there's nothing in particular that makes me, you know, I've had some amazing times, you know, we've had some great laughs and you see people move through their life as well in hospitality, which is absolutely amazing. But no, no traumatic stories or hilarious ones. Very, very disappointing. (laughs) I'll think of one when I hang up, no doubt. Of course. No, no. And and there are so many uh, people that have have said to me uh, once we've stopped recording, if we catch up for a pint, I'll, I'll tell you some stories. Yeah. And that's when you get the the real, but nothing that you could ever air in public. Probably not. That's probably the the issue. <laughs> yeah. I think the key the key thing. Oh, oh, I did have on, a terrible on. one. I did have a terrible one. Um. So when I worked in the box office, that was the height of um. You know, going out having a great party time, and accidentally booked a family to go and see High School Musical instead of the opera because I think I wasn't firing on all cylinders. I might have been. <laughs> might have been slightly hungover and it wasn't until later on in the day I thought that's that's definitely not right so very luckily caught it in time but nearly uh, sent I almost very, wish you hadn't yeah a very posh family to high school musical what uh, <laughs> you'd, you'd have improved their life no end <laughs> they might have enjoyed it yeah indeed <laughs> absolutely it's uh, it's a fun fun musical um <laughs> No, that's awesome. I think you've covered a few of these probably throughout our chat, but what would be your top three reasons to to come and join hospitality? The family. So they become your family, um, even if you don't intend them to be. I have, you know, as you get older, things happen that you don't expect. You know, you, you go through some pretty tough times in, in your life, naturally, as everyone does. And I honestly don't think I would have got through it if it hadn't have been for the family that I worked with at the time. Say so the second one is, so for me, I'm a big imposter syndrome. I always feel like I shouldn't be in the room. I always feel like everyone's far more skilled than me and they know what they're doing. Actually, I've had some amazing compliments and support from people who I never would have thought would have backed me but there's an amazing quote saying um it's amazing how far you can go if someone believes in you oh for sure so for me I feel like I still get a lot of that from from my team at Sodexo but I get to believe in other young people to come in and so I think again that's something that you will definitely get within the industry yeah and then thirdly it's not going anywhere Yes, we've had a blip with the the dreaded word that will not say. That but, shall not be named. Yeah, yeah, Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but where people will never stop 
wanting to have good food to go and see a show to go and have a drink with their friends and actually you get to be part of that you know you get to see so many celebration dinners for engagements you get to see you know celebrations of a great school report it doesn't matter you also get to be there sometimes in hospitality and the other side of it like us within hospitality or you know defense there's you you don't realize how much of an impact you can have in someone's life just from being in hospitality no here here i think everything that you've discussed has been absolutely on point as i say you're an absolute positive beacon i'm so delighted that i've gotten to know you loosely so far but we're getting there with everyone because we we got to know each other at uh, IOH networking events I first saw you do a panel at the Shard and uh, you know you were on that panel with some pretty heavy hitters and let me tell you you were the one that everybody was talking about so um, you're you're moving in the right direction your point around people seeing something in you I think ask anybody in this industry if they would be where they were without somebody seeing something in them at some point in their career that they didn't see in themselves. I think it's such a valid point. And um, I thank you so, so much for spending some time with us today to share your story. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. Um, And yeah, can't wait to see who else is on in the future. I love listening to this. This is my weekend podcast. So yeah, thank you for having me. It's a privilege. No problem at all. Have a cracking Sunday ahead. Thanks, Bill. You too. Take care. Bye. And there we have it. I was so grateful to get some time with Claire. She's a fast-rising star of hospitality, and I cannot wait to see what she gets up to next. We wish her continued success in her career. We will, of course, be back next Wednesday with another cracking story from hospitality. So until then, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.